0: Get ready, because Aging Starts Now.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 29 of Aging Starts Now. I'm your host, Tim Takis, and today we're continuing our discussion on Medicare. Last week in part one, we talked about open enrollment and getting started with Medicare. Today, in part two, we are talking about when you should enroll in Medicare and penalty periods, Joining us is our own Joshua Hunter, a public benefits specialist at Takus McGinnis Elder Care Law. Welcome, Josh.
2: How glad to be here.
1: Great. So let's um, talk a little bit more about um, Medicare. Uh, And we left off or we left for uh, today's podcast, um, the decision about whether someone should wait to enroll in Medicare. Any thoughts on that?
2: Definitely. That's a a big question that a lot of our, our seniors that we serve and just seniors across the country in general are having to address. It comes down to what is your situation in the moment when you're first eligible for Medicare? Some people are still working. Some people have been retired for a few years. And that changes your decision on enrolling in Medicare and which parts of Medicare you may want to enroll. So let's just jump right into it then. So when you first get eligible for Medicare, you have to make the decision to pick up Medicare Part A and B. That's step number one, regardless of how you qualify for Medicare. Now, in that decision, most people choose to go ahead and pick up their Medicare Part A if it's going to be premium free, which means if you've put the work into it, you can just go ahead and pick that up regardless of what's going on in your life, right?
1: gotcha. But
2: Medicare part B, you may want to wait on that if you meet certain criteria or if you have what we call creditable coverage. Okay, now, so let's so
1: so Joshua, let's back up a little bit and do a little refresher. All right, part A is is what coverage? What do people get when they get on part A, Medicare part A?
2: Yes, Medicare part A is easily described as inpatient coverage or your hospital coverage. Okay. And then Medicare Part B is the outpatient or the doctor visits. That's what most people think of. Okay. And if you're still working and maybe you have insurance through your job that's really good, or maybe you have spousal insurance for the same reason, you may decide to wait on your Part B. But the key factor is, do you have creditable coverage? Okay. Now, that's a term I think most of our listeners haven't heard of before. Now, what that means... Is, is the coverage you currently have comparable to Medicare?
1: All right. Yeah. And if
2: it is, it's considered creditable and you don't build any penalties. And the easiest way to find that out is simply asking your HR person who deals with your plan, if that's the HR person at your work because it's insurance through your work, or maybe it's at your spouse's job.
1: Okay. Now, that's an easy question. You know, you go to – so but i don't work for a big company i'm in a small company or maybe i'm a maybe i'm an owner and i have my own health insurance so i'm the hr department so how do i know whether it's creditable creditable coverage
2: see that that's a that's a good point there it doesn't have to be creditable coverage and sometimes if the the insurance or the group is too small, then it's not considered creditable. Or if it's lacking certain features that Medicare typically covers, it's not considered creditable. But if you're the HR person and you're trying to decide, it can be a quick email to your insurance or your agent that you know, and they literally, and by they, I mean Medicare, will take your insurance's word for it. So as soon as they send it in, if your insurance provides a letter of creditable coverage, you're good to go. Okay. And if they tell you that it's not creditable, then you have some decisions to make in terms of your enrollment.
1: Okay. So just to reiterate, or, or to, or to, uh, to, to emphasize that point, there are a lot of people that work in small businesses where maybe uh, they really are not in a position to go to the HR department and ask. Uh, so if you contact your insur- the insurance company itself, maybe start with a health with the agent and say, tell me, do I have credit, creditable coverage, then you, you'll let the insurance company tell you whether you have creditable coverage or not.
2: Exactly right. And they get asked this question all the time because it's something that needs to be asked every year because as insurance has allowed to change from year to year, it Mm -hmm. may fall in and out of creditable coverage. Typically it doesn't change, but it's always good to check better to be safe than sorry.
1: Yeah, I like that point when you basically said you're not um, you're not trying to you're not asking them something that they haven't got they haven't answered before, probably hundreds hundreds if not thousands of times.
2: Exactly, you have to think you're definitely not the only person in this situation. You know, right. there's a lot of seniors who are still working and maintain creditable coverage either on their own or with their spouse, so they get that question a lot.
1: Gotcha. So, what if you? All right, so you, you let's say you have creditable coverage and you're saying, Okay, I'm gonna sign up for part A only and I'm not gonna do anything else because I have part because I have creditable coverage. Is that a fair statement? Is that, that common?
2: That that's a fair statement. And just to take it one step further, if you really wanted to be safe, you would make sure you have creditable coverage for part A and for part D. Excuse me, part B and part D. Gotcha. Those are the two things that you're not enrolling in, right? Right. And they can be handled differently. For example, sometimes federal insurance is considered creditable for Part B, but it's not for Part D.
1: And Part D is the prescription drug cost. Expenses. That's
2: right. We joke that's the one part of Medicare that makes sense. D is for drugs. Right? Yeah. That's straightforward. Mm-hmm. So make sure you ask about B and D.
1: Mm-hmm. Because you certainly don't want to get caught going, uh, I don't have Part D coverage.
2: That's you know, true. And we'll I've be got talking this. about that in a minute.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So what happens when the creditable coverage ends?
2: That's a good point. So let's say you're about to retire or your spouse is retiring, however that works, the creditable coverage you have is coming to an end. Well, you get what we call a special enrollment period. Now, these can pop up whenever you have big life changes, but the important thing to note about this one is when creditable coverage ends, you get a special enrollment period that acts almost like the initial enrollment period we covered in our last podcast. You can retain some of those really special rights.
1: Okay, and those rights include...
2: Uh, for example, the guaranteed issue right to make sure you're allowed to pick up a supplement. And okay. then you get to choose between original Medicare or Medicare Advantage without necessarily having the fallbacks of just naturally waiting it out. Right. Since you have creditable coverage, you get to keep that benefit.
1: Yeah. So that's an important point because some, some people might say, well, I really need to get my supplement or whatever it is because, you know, I'm now um, – I I've, I've had creditable coverage but I'm age 70 and I'm retiring and blah 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 and I'm going to ha- and now I've gotten my health has declined so maybe I have to get be- so I can't get Medicare supplement.
2: You're right. That's the special thing about those guaranteed issue rights both when they're inside your initial enrollment period and if you get the special enrollment period thanks to your creditable coverage. It is a special thing, and you want to make sure you get your stuff in order when that time is appropriate for you.
1: Which is why it's so important from the outset is to make sure that your coverage is creditable. Exactly. Otherwise, you You don't get a special enrollment period.
2: That's true. If it's not creditable, you're, you're liable for penalties and various other problems.
1: Right. And, of course, that gets us into our next question is, well, what if, what if you don't have creditable coverage or you find out later that it is not creditable coverage? What do we do well, now?
2: That's a scary situation, and I've seen it too many times. So, let's start at the top. So, let's say you didn't have creditable coverage for Medicare Part B remember that's the outpatient and the and the doctor coverage right coverage so the way the penalty builds for Medicare Part B is ten percent for every 12 months since you were eligible. Now that's tacked on and added based off the premium for that year. So the Part B premium for this year is $144 and 60 cents.
1: That's monthly.
2: That's exactly right per month. And so they base the penalty off of that. So if you were let's say, accidentally waited 10 years before you decided to pick up your Medicare Part B, you would have an additional 100% of that. Gotcha. So it would essentially double. Uh, It can be various other ways. You know, two years would be 20%. We'd be talking about roughly $29. So it can sneak up on you. That leads us into the next part. Let's say you didn't have creditable coverage for Medicare Part D. That's the drug coverage. Mm -hmm. The penalty acts a little different. This one is 1% every month that you were eligible. And that's also based off the base premium for that year. So the base premium for this year for prescription drug coverage is about $35. So let me give you a scenario here that will kind of break it down. Okay. Miss Susie did not get either Medicare Part B or D because she thought she had good coverage. She waited 25 months before she decided to, you know, pick up both of these. As it works out, she's going to end up with a 20% penalty on her Medicare Part B because she's only waited two full years. But she's going to have a 25% premium on her Part D prescription coverage.
1: Okay. Does that make so, sense? So a twenty five percent penalty.
2: That's right, and the scary part is uh, that these can last forever. They'll I was going to say
1: you. is that, that you know you don't have to. That basically uh, they you, you pay that penalty for as long as you're you're on Part B, which would presumably be for the rest of your life.
2: That's exactly right. They they'll stick with you. Um, there's only one way out. When it comes to that, and it's getting on an assistance program with Medicare.
1: Okay. So what if I change to a Medicare Advantage plan?
2: Uh, That's a a good mix-up a lot of people have. Do
1: I lose – so I don't have – does that mean I don't have to pay the penalty?
2: No, it does not. Because just because you decided to do the Medicare Advantage route, you're still a Medicare beneficiary. And that can be good and bad in this situation. You keep all the rights of being on Medicare because you're technically still on Medicare. You've just chosen a different path, and that includes those penalties. They'll follow you as well.
1: Okay. Yeah. So you, that's not a way to that's not a way to get by the penalty.
2: No, no, sir. The only way is with an assistance program from the state.
1: Okay. Okay. So the penalties last forever. Any other penalties with Medicare?
2: No, those are the two key ones you need to worry about because Medicare Part A, you're typically going to pick up. That typically Mm -hmm. comes from an individual who's either put their work in or they can draw off a family member or spouse's credit to get that premium free most of the time.
1: Okay. Okay. So what about, um, uh, what if you can't afford Medicare coverage? I mean, what, $140 a month or $150 a month for Part B? You know, there are people out there that say, "Uh, that's that's a significant blick uh, against my income."
2: That's true. Yeah, some people decide they want to make the gamble and say that you know it's too expensive. They're healthy, or it's just too expensive in general, and they don't want to deal with it, so they avoid their Medicare coverage. Sadly, those people don't have creditable coverage in most cases, and okay. they're going to build a penalty. But the good news is, like I was uh, kind of hinting at earlier. You may qualify for an assistance program. Okay. One of which is called low-income subsidy, and that's handled by the Social Security Administration. Most people recognize it as extra help. Extra help. Now, when you qualify for extra help, it can actually waive these penalties. That can be a huge thing, particularly the Part D penalty, because extra help affects how you get your drug coverage. Yeah. So that's one option. You can also apply for what we call Medicare savings programs, which is one step further, mm-hmm. and that's typically handled by your state's Medicaid service. Ours is care. Mm-hmm. And those can help cover your Part B expenses to the point where you may not have a Part B or Part D premium at all and potentially even skip the donut hole. Gotcha. It can be an incredible service.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll just add, uh, Joshua, that um, – yeah in my in my personal experience uh, with Medicare, um, you know after signing up for Part A and Part B, uh, that the, um, uh, that you ac- that I actually got a letter from I think of Social Security Administration or from Medicare, you know that asked me if I was wanted to apply for um, you know for extra help.
2: That's exactly know, for the low what income sub- subsidy. Yes, sir. That's a it's a great program if you qualify. Mm-hmm. And as we mentioned in our previous episode, the State Health Insurance Assistance Program or SHIP program can help people file these applications and get everything turned in for free.
1: Okay. All right. Any 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 tips here? Any final tips for? Um... Uh, the enrollment process or when should enroll or?
2: Yeah, I do have one other tip in regards to people who are afraid they can't afford their Medicare. If you're like so many people uh, in our state where you're kind of stuck in between qualifying for low income subsidy or You know, having income, so you kind of can't get anything. We see people stuck in the middle ground. Mm -hmm. Look for prescription assistance programs or talk to your SHIP program like we talked before. You may be able to get some assistance with your drug and your drug plan. That's a great way to go. But ultimately, I think our biggest takeaway from our last two episodes is find help find somebody who does this regularly knows all the hoops you need to jump through and can help guide you through this maze it can be complicated and you don't want to get a penalty for life just because you didn't know
1: yeah i mean there are there are, obviously there are, what you're saying is there are experts out there that right. do this for free
2: that's exactly right yes there right. are
1: Now, for us i mean obviously you know you're you know you're you're one of our public benefit specialists and you're primarily working or at least uh, the Medicare specialist here at Take Us McGinnis Elder Care Law. Uh, you know that's not a free service. You know, but there are free services that are out there. You know, and they are uh, highly qualified.
2: That is true. That's exactly right. And specifically looking for those who are unbiased. And if they work for the government, they're probably there to help you in this, and not necessarily represent a company.
1: Gotcha. All right. Joshua Hunter, thank you so much, Joshua. As I mentioned, is he our he is our public benefits specialist here at Take Us McGinnis Elder Care Law. Um, thanks again, jo- Josh, for joining us, and all of you out there, thanks for listening. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now.